Welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff Milo, and I am going to be joined in a minute here by Ophelia Crane, who is an author born and raised in Detroit and has written several books, uh, one of which was a collection of short stories titled 3AM, which dabbled in one of my favorite genres, the horror genre, but she's also dabbled in the fantasy genre as well. Her latest book is kind of returning to horror with a little bit of fantasy, but is also very much grounded in reality as well. And that is a book titled, I Hope Your Abuser Dies, which is admittedly a blunt title, which we do get into, but it explores the myth of Medusa. Our protagonist's name is Lyra Kitten. It is the name of one of the biggest porn stars in the world and she has success she has fame she has respect she's writing a book and she's going on a talk show and she seems strong she seems to have it all together but that doesn't protect her from the inevitable trappings of fame but it especially does not insulate her from her abusive ex-husband who is coming around playing mind games with her and really just kind of freezes her up as soon as he is within her vicinity whatsoever. And he's aware of this power that he has on her. But as the book goes along, Lyra meets someone and comes into possession of some, let's say, interesting jewelry. And she suddenly finds herself changing into a creature of legend. And suddenly with her vengeance at hand, she has to face the monster within and still hold on to her humanity. So we are going to be talking a lot about these toxic and sometimes seriously dangerous relationships that we can have with abusive people in our lives. We are going to be talking a little bit about the porn industry, uh, but this is again a work of fiction and it is a work of again a bit of horror and fantasy and it does get into the mythology around the the gorgon the medusa the famous character with snakes for hair who can turn people into stone ophelia crane and i go way back uh she used to work here at the ferndale library and so you'll hear us catching up at the beginning of the interview here's our chat Uh, Ophelia Crane, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to see you. It is really good to see you too, Jeff. It really, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, podcast listeners should know that uh, we go we go way back, and I have been a, a reader of yours for many years, and now a fan of yours, and now I'm looking forward to the impending release of "I Hope Your Abuser Dies," your latest, uh, which is it's out this week. What what's the date again? Halloween. All right. What, Halloween. A great, <laughs> what a great release date. Yeah, yeah. I I actually decided that at the last. <laughs> <laughs> but no, with everything, how everything kind of happened yeah. um, in terms of the writing and all of the personal stuff and, and life mm-hmm. and whatever, um, it really just kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to release this this year, it's got to be on Halloween. Yep. <laughs> the best time to release a scary book i think let's talk about medusa <laughs> let's talk about it let's do that <laughs> yeah uh but let let's also talk about your your protagonist uh lyra and b- before we get into medusa which i would be more than happy to talk about but like tell me about 
basic author question, where the story came from. Uh, I think something I've always admired about your writing is that it has, I wish I could be a little more eloquent here, but it just has such a rawness to it and a realness to it. Your protagonists are not like lifetime movie protagonists. They don't like, no. own, they don't own bookshops or they're not like working for a magazine. They're like, well, our protagonist is a porn star. So like start, yeah. the, start there and tell us where this, this story came from. <laughs> this story actually started a few years ago. Um, I was still in school and I needed a few extra credits. And in all the years I had been in school, the one class, the one elective class I wanted to take that was never available was Greek mythology. And for whatever reason, that year it was available. So I'm like, yay. And in that class, I learned about the alternate history of uh, Medusa in that, you know, we all know the story. Medusa's a monster, Theseus, da, 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 and all that. As it happens, a, a Roman poet, I think it was Ovid, mm-hmm. wrote an alternate history where Medusa is actually the protagonist of the story. And she's actually the victim. And she is tragically and horribly assaulted. And um, the goddess Athena turns her into Medusa. The debate has always been why, you know, as a punishment for being assaulted or as protection. So, of course, ding, ding. (laughs) Things start going in my brain. And I had to do a bit of research for this one because I am not a part of that world at all. But, you know, as a writer over the years, you get to know different types of people from all types, from all walks of life. So weirdly enough, I have a friend in the industry (laughs) and a lot of his and his wife's experiences um, really kind of opened my mind to a lot that goes on in the world, a lot that goes on in in the, the sex industry and all of that. So it was it was it was a lot to implement and all that. It just it just it became this whole mix of of things that I just wanted to express and of this, this story and this character. And yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, as I said, it's not, you're not going to get a lifetime movie protagonist here. And I think that the pornography industry or sex workers, I think that a lot of folks who are reading fiction might, might have their guard up about that because there's such a stigma. Mm-hmm. There's such a stigma to that, you know, but I also I also hope I'm not being naive and thinking that it just feels like there is a possibly greater chance for bad faith actors to be in that industry. Possible <laughs> bad intentions, possible bad oh, yes. bad intentions, uh, and potential the potential for all of that manipulation, abuse, etc. Yeah, oh yeah. The that I think that in writing this. Yeah. And in my research, because I, I wanted to approach this from a I don't know if positive is the right word. Yeah, I guess a positive angle. And in my research and in hearing real stories about the industry, it made me realize a couple of things. This Lyra in particular is not a monolith, okay? Nor is any other sex worker. Their experiences are all individual. And when creating her character, I did not want her to be oh gosh, I didn't want her to be the stereotypical good guy. I didn't want you necessarily, the reader to necessarily root for her because there are a lot of ugly parts of the industry and she participates in a lot of the ugly parts of it. You don't want to create the Julia Roberts pretty woman situation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it can be an ugly business, but then at the same time, like I said, I, I, 
I have known people that have had terrible experiences. And at the same time, I've known people that have had good experiences, you know? So it really got me to thinking, okay, so I'm not trying to make this girl a poster child, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to tell her story, her experiences and what she goes through, you know? And it's a really unique story. Like Lyra's whole thing is really, really unique. Absolutely. You know? She's she's she, she's empowered. She's famous. She's got a book coming out. She's on talk shows, but she's very like she's a strong woman and she speaks her mind and she pushes back and she's got a bite to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of her character. I really felt like I wanted her to be. Ooh, I don't want to say the exception. I don't. I don't. I wanted her to be just entirely unique. Yeah. You know, she is like the stereotype, particularly for black women in the industry is that they are they they don't like they, there's just all these awful awful stereotypes about black women in the sex industry and i wanted her to be someone who's kind of above all that you know that kind of separated from all that and how does a person who's separated from all of the negativity and the stereotypes and all of that move through the world you know weirdly enough the the examples that kept popping in my head was the phenomenon of um Linda Lovelace and Jenna Jameson, who at their times, I mean, when Linda Lovelace's movie came out, like in the 70s, everyone was watching this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an X-rated movie for crying out, you know. Same was kind of true for Jenna Jameson. Everyone was watching, like they were these these poster childs for an industry that everyone's kind of ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to put Lyra in that space, you know. Uh, Lyra in this space. <laughs> I kind of wanted to put her there because I wanted to know how someone moves to the world in an industry that is considered taboo and then and, and be a normal celebrity, whatever that means, you know. Right. When we meet Lyra, as I said, she's getting into a talk show, but she's also uh, divorced from page one. And then her ex is uh yeah basically basically the villain of the book let's talk and then let's talk about that before we get into the the medusa portions as i said she is a really strong woman but Mm -hmm. this relationship is kind of this poison in her mind and her heart and uh she has to overcome that which she does in extraordinary ways but let's talk about Mm -hmm. that and it and it inspires the title in a way too so yeah I think it's interesting that um, like Lyra's whole thing with uh, Damon is she's strong in all of these ways in her life. You know, she is independent. She's, she's intelligent. She's strong. She's all these ways. And then there's this stain in her life. Right. You know, her, her past, like her, she, in her past, she existed as, as submissive and lesser and, and, second the shadow to 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 damon uh her ex-husband so it's like yeah she's away from that but because he's still around and because he's still in the same industry like all of that trauma is still kind of there you know one of my favorite scenes to write i don't spoilers (laughs) one of my favorite scenes to write was um i think his first appearance when she's on a date and he oh yes comes into a restaurant into the restaurant and he kind of, you know, kind of throws his weight around head games and yeah, playing head games with her and how like, like 
a minute before he shows up, she was, she was, you know, flirty and she was in a, you know, she was like in her, her whole thing and everything. And then he shows up and it all kind of shuts down, mm-hmm. you know, it all, she becomes the, the background, you right. know, she, she's not real. She's standing up to him, but not really like it's, it's kind of on her date to kind of stand up to him and whatever. And I really like the psychology of that mm-hmm. because I think as women, especially black women, we're supposed to forget the trauma, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to kind of, you know, replace it with, with this front of being strong and whatever, but it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. And it affects so many of Lyra's decisions, you know, she's, uh, she's on her way up towards success, but there is this thing that is just tripping her up. L- let's talk about, it. let's bring it into the Medusa territory, which uh, okay. part of the story is that uh, Lyra eventually finds herself changing and uh, she uh, attains power, so to speak, in which she can potentially use uh, for vengeance. And uh, l- l- let's let's talk about that because this brings yeah. us this brings us into to Medusa because again, and, and you you're correct, it was Ovid, and how there's this. It's fascinating to look at Medusa, and, and so many people perceive her as kind of one of the uh, one of the original supervillains uh, and yeah. and a female supervillain to boot. But yeah, you come at it at this uh, at this questioning and simultaneously sympathetic uh, angle. But without getting too much into spoilers, but tell us about this 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 inspiration to give Lyra this this specific power. Of all the powers, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Lyra's like, well, okay. <laughs> let's say, let's say she she meets someone who uh, is it Athena that she's kind of a stand-in for. Anyway, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she, you know, towards the beginning of the book, she um, runs into someone who is like also on the talk show that she's going to be on. And the woman is, um, a, you know, a TV psychic and you know, whatever and blah, 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 blah. And, and she doesn't think too much of her, but the woman like talks to her and says, oh, I'm a fan and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, is it, it's the first exchange is very um, let's do lunch, kiss, kiss on the cheek type stuff. Yeah, you're not even sure. <laughs> you're not even sure if that character will come back. And yet she does. So, yeah, yeah. So. Um, later in the story, she sends her um, uh, a piece of jewelry, you know, and uh, Lyra finds that she's compelled to wear it. And very slowly over time, as things happen, well, well, an important event happens that kind of triggers the entire thing where she she well, I can talk about the event. It's, it's in the, the back of the book. Mm-hmm. So she's you know, she's she ends up being assaulted by her ex. Mm-hmm. And that event triggers her transformation and it's slow over time it's little things it's how she looks it's it's you know maybe even little tiny tweaks to her personality it's just it's teeny tiny little things along the way that she kind of you know at first doesn't really pay too much attention to that was also fun because there's points where other characters are remarking about her appearance like oh wow you look great today what are you doing with your hair you know (laughs) But then scary things start happening. She starts growing scales for one thing. And she goes to doctors and they don't know what's wrong with her and what have you. But the pivotal moment comes when it seems that she has 
well, well, that she's she's killed. <laughs> um, um, when the characters, I gosh, I feel like I shouldn't reveal who it is. It's no, kind no. of important. It happens no, no. early. You don't have to. <laughs> although, although I'll take you, I'll take you in this direction. I don't know if I. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna stick this landing, but when we what we know of Medusa is that Medusa can turn whoever looks upon her into stone, or whoever yeah. whoever she looks upon. And I don't know if there was a connection there, but I felt like there was a connection that I intuited as a reader is when when your abuser, and when I say your, I mean whoever's whoever in your life, whoever whatever mm-hmm. reader who, I mean may or may not have had these experiences or these negative people in their lives. When that person does come around, just as Damon does in the opening scene and starts again playing head games, there there may be this uncontrollable physical response where you do freeze up and it almost feels like you turned to stone. Yeah. God, you're so perceptive. (laughs) (laughs) So why not inflict that upon, as your vengeance, inflict that upon your abuser? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think you were going to get that. I didn't think anyone was going to get that. Oh yeah, heck, heck yeah. I think that's the that's the coolest part of the book. Yeah, yeah. Because she, I mean, you see it early. That's how she is with Damon, where she just kind of freezes up, mm-hmm. and it it is a reflection of of her reaction to his abuse, which I I it kind of is kind of a reverse reverse. Oh, I can't talk. It kind of is a kind of reverse mirror situation um, where her fear becomes, where her trauma kind of becomes, you know, the victims as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can't think of too many things worse than being turned to stone. <laughs> right. Especially not expecting it, you know? <laughs> right. That's, and again, horror, horror has been your, your genre, or if not, sometimes your adjacent genre. And I think there's something horrifying about, uh, first of all, there's something horrifying about the, like the actual real world experience of yeah. having a dame in your life. Like, but then there's the fantastical horror, uh, of turning someone to stone. So they're both in this sure. book. It's the dichotomy between right. who's the monster here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's something that you, I wondered. I want to know if you were very keen to to play with because I think there is what this book does a great job of is avoiding kind of the conventional trope of a revenge story. I think there's I don't know if I don't know how many books there have been, but there's certainly been plenty of movies where it feels like a a, a revenge movie, and this doesn't yeah. this doesn't feel like that way because I think that 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 is because Lyra is such a unique and complicated character. There is that question. And, and, and again, with, again, with like the redemption of, of Medusa, uh, talk about, you know, is this a curse? Is this a blessing? (laughs) That's interesting. I think that part is up to interpretation. Yeah, I do. Um, to, um, you know, the woman that gives her the, the gives her the curse uh, or blessing or Margaret. Yeah. (laughs) Margaret, it's, it's, it's a blessing you know, is, and she even says so, but like for Lyra, this is the interesting thing because she is, um, once she realized what's happening now she has to kind of live with this as a human being, you know, and it's, 
it's like you are it's like she has to accept the fact that she is in fact turning into a monster that she has become a monster and and you know i i like to entertain the idea that um the, the very gray area that it's it's not it, it doesn't have to be a horrible thing you know <laughs> because there are elements to what she's become mm-hmm. that that benefit her right you know and benefit the industry that she's in but at the end of the day you can't forget the fact that she is a monster now you know so it's it's interesting because you can you can kind of play with that whole idea mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. is she is she good is she evil is there something in between it's it's you know i really i really love characters that that are not static in that way right you know i love dynamic characters i love characters where you may not like them all the time you know as a reader you may not like you you may not like lyra at all okay (laughs) again that's cool yeah that's totally cool because if you even if you don't like her you can it, it makes you think and it makes you want to talk about it and it makes you want to explore this a little further because I feel like as human beings, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We want our our microwave solutions. We want it in 60 seconds or less. We want our, everything black and white. We want everything on a plate and it's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. Well, this book opens again with that talk show sequence where Again, Lyra comes off as very strong, and then we get to that date, and then you realize that she isn't invincible. And I think that in and of itself is a way to generate empathy for her. Yeah. Uh, And you realize that there are, in some ways, she probably has her guard up very often and probably has to. And it comes down to this thing, like, do you... Do you choose to continue to go down the path? Do you choose to continue to hold on? to that necklace and risk becoming a monster. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing too about this whole thing. As a child, I would read stories where you had characters like this that would become monsters and then they would they would meet terrible ends or they would die at the end. It's the whole Frankenstein thing for yeah. me, you know. Probably in terms of that theme, um, my biggest influence other than Frankenstein would probably be Stephen King's Carrie because it, he create, he created a girl who you're sympathetic for. Right. And even he said initially he didn't like her because he felt like she was a victim. Um, but she in effect becomes something terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And no matter how much we root for her, no matter how much we feel for her at the end of the day, she is a monster. And I always felt like, I don't think, oh gosh, how do I even say this? <laughs> I always felt like in horror, uh, becoming a monster does not necessarily have to negate a death sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's important when it does, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it never should happen, but I think every now and then becoming a monster is just that you become a monster and, and it's up to the character what they do with that information. Right. You know, Lyra could have done a lot of things. Okay. In the, in the, you know, she could have done a lot of things upon real, realizing that she was a monster and the path that she takes is one where she decides, she decides basically, essentially she decides her own fate. Mm-hmm. You know, she decides who she's going to be as this monster. And I think that is so important. This, I mean, we get into, we're, we're, we, we are inching close 
but not too close, but a little close to psychopathic territory because then that gets into what has mm-hmm. what has the character ra- rationalized in their head? Yeah. And obviously the famous slashers of horror films have rationalized mm-hmm. something that may not make sense to literally anyone but them. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I love how this, this story ends because it just it's super provocative and it kind of leaves you at a point where you where you just kind of want more. But um, <laughs> the uh, with Lyra, as with Carrie, you as with Frankenstein, you ask, well, what made them a monster and who made them a monster and who is the real monster then? Yeah. From that exchange. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that. And, and oh, gosh, you hit the nail right in the head. Yeah. The line, the line between with being a psychopath, mm-hmm. it's interesting how... And I've always said this, that we're all kind of one bad day away from skirting that line. We're getting into, yeah, we're getting into Batman Joker territory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, I feel like that experience, especially for this character, is an important one to explore. Yeah. Because it's a part of the human experience. Right. And it's a part of the human experience that we're not trying to talk about. Right. Lyra really is gosh lyra (laughs) like in in a lot of weird ways lyra is like one of my favorite characters to write because of that complication because then you start asking yourself where did where did the line appear you know what i mean where did it really start did was this always there inside of her you know did something have to happen to bring it out was this always her to begin with I had a beta reader actually kind of ask me that question. <laughs> okay. Like where, like, like she just didn't understand what the line was. Where is the line then for her psychosis? And it's like, that's up for you to decide, you know, it's up for you to explore and decide. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like her character is just so, so full of like, like the most human character I think I have ever written because of that. Because there are no black and whites with her. It just they just aren't. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's you know? what also makes makes this a triumph is that some of the things I've been describing, folks might think, oh, this is this is fantastical horror, but there is a lot of humanity in the book. Oh yeah. And for me, the best horror the best horror has has a great deal of humanity in it. I mean, it's why we love zombie movies, you know, not for the monsters, <laughs> you know, it's, it really is the humanity. It's, it's how we hold up, hold that up to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Again, though, the title like does not, doesn't sugarcoat it. And really there's no way to ignore or forget clearly who the where the real horror is and who the real monster is it's right there yeah. in the title in, in oh yeah and and to just ponder like how how sick that is how dare we fellow humans even ever inflict this upon another human that that's the inhumanity there so mm-hmm. it it the title um i love the title <laughs> it kind of fell in my lap actually <laughs> but the title um, the reason why I chose it was that it was it, the f- funny story behind the title. Um, there is a sex worker I follow on my TikTok, as the kids say, the TikTok. Yep. <laughs> and 
the question was asked, um, do you have a T-shirt that is controversial but not political? And she pops over the T-shirt that says, in like literary letters, I hope your views are nice. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, light bulb, that is the title of this book. <laughs> Heck yes. Because it's not even so much that it gets your attention and it's punchy. It's, right. it's the fact that it's that sentiment of, of you were hurt and, and I hope that person gets hurt too or whatever. It's that sentiment of, of that, that I think that in polite society, we are not allowed to have. Mm-hmm. We are just not allowed to have that sentiment. You know, we are as good people supposed to, you know, be, I, I, you know, not say, not say such things. And while I do agree with that on some level, I feel like it's how you feel is how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's okay. Yeah. If you feel angry about that, then that's perfectly okay. And it's perfectly human to feel that way. And you have created perfectly human characters. Folks get past the fact that mm-hmm. she's a porn star. These are, these are humans. Yeah. Yeah. That was really important to me too, that they be seen as, as people. You know, especially like her, um, her friends as well. Um, Back and how different, how different they are mm-hmm. from her. You know, like they're on the lower tier than she is as far as fame, but how they even relate to their jobs is totally different. How they relate to her, her best friend Becky is is very coarse and very just, you know, what have you. And then her other friend Terry is very, um, you know, very kind of. That's a fun loving cast, kind of. Yeah, I'm having fun in the industry, whatever. And yeah, it's it's like I said earlier, you know, no one in any group is a monolith. So I really wanted to kind of make that clear with these characters. That these people, they're doing this industry they're in this industry, they have different experiences mm-hmm. like any of us would, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as I, I already started this podcast saying I was already a fan of your horror writing, and I think you, you've continued to succeed. I'm really excited that this book is going to go out in the world, and we're going to have a link to OpheliaCrane.com. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it premieres, the book is out. You should go uh, go order it right now. And uh, Ophelia, it's so good to see you again, as always, and I really appreciate getting a chance to talk to you. I always love talking to you about the horror genre in general too it's always a pleasure oh god yeah yeah <laughs> it's great it's been great to see this has been a great interview Jeff. <laughs> cheers now it's my chat with author ophelia crane we'll have a link to her website opheliacrane.com where you can find more information about I Hope Your Abuser Dies, her latest book, which came out on Halloween. There's also, as I mentioned, 3AM, but two other books, Moral Compass and The Pride Sacrifice. Thanks for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet. It is the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to ferndalefriends.org, but please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and maybe tell a friend. If you liked this episode, share it to social media. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.